Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. Start of the week, but we're getting closer to football. UK's media day last week. Sorry that we had to miss two shows to end last week. Feels like I haven't talked to you all in a while. On Thursday, the Reds were playing, and that game had a rain delay, so it went a little longer than we were hoping for. And then Friday was UK Football Media Day, so I was busy writing stories and traveling to Lexington, back from Lexington. So that's the reason why there's no show on Friday. Uh, but it, we'll talk about some of that stuff that we missed last week. We're going to have my little buddy Derek Terry on from the Kentucky Colonel now. He used to write for Rivals. That'll be in the second segment around 4.30 uh, he's covering UK football now for the Colonel, uh, a student paper, one of the best student papers, if not the best student paper in the country. And we'll we'll get his thoughts on UK, the stadium, some of that stuff. Well, Trevor, we'll get back to the position by position series, and today that will bring us to the offensive line. I'm not expecting you to know a lot about the offensive line, Trevor, uh, but we can talk about what needs to be done, who needs to step up for Kentucky to be successful if they need to be more pass-oriented, run-oriented, balanced, I think would probably be ideal. But uh, we'll talk about UK's offensive line and how how good they'll be in the trenches this year in the SEC. So lots to talk about. We'll also talk basketball. Louisville heading down to Puerto Rico for their trip. I'm going to play nine games, which seems, seems like a lot. Uh, so it should be a jam-packed show. Trevor, how are you? I'm excellent uh, to start off with. Uh, yes, it doesn't seem like a lot. It is a lot. And uh, B, don't assume I don't know about the UK offensive line. I don't, but don't assume it. <laughs> I apologize. Are you some? Uh, so you're, but you openly admit that you don't. So but I was you still right. Shouldn't I, assume it. Well, I, I'm still right with my assumption. Yes, but you still shouldn't assume it. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> do you have a good weekend? I did. I had an excellent weekend. The Blue Jays are one, three games close to the Yankees now. Uh, for yes, the first we, time sweep since, on the road, right? Yes, uh, for the first sweep of the Yankees anywhere since 2003. First sweep in the Bronx since 98. The first time since before I had a driver's license that I woke up not once but twice to watch two afternoon games on a weekend. Wow, look at you. Yes, I got into it. Uh, 28 innings, only one run given up by the Blue Jays. They say we're just offense, but we are, a, we are a, an equal team on both levels. The Red Sox just twelve out of first. Don't don't sleep on them. Yeah, I, I think you can go and hibernate on that. That's all right. That's you okay. you had you had your son. Listen, we haven't made the playoffs since ninety three. We haven't won a World Series since then as well. Now we have two of them since seventy seven. Since we have a for a young franchise, we're pretty pretty damn good. But you've won two World Series in the in the last twenty two years. We haven't even made the playoffs. I think you can miss a year while we uh, soak in the sun of glory. That sounds. Uh, that sounds fine with me. I, I want you to be happy, Trevor. You happy makes me happy, so go Blue Jays. Uh, you, you don't hate the Blue Jays. For, and you're the weird Red Sox fan doesn't even hate the Yankees. You hate the Rays for some reason. You're the only person that does hate the Rays. I don't, people in Tampa Bay don't even hate the Rays because they don't even like the Rays. But uh, as, long as, you're, as long as you're rooting for us, I guess I, I'll just accept it. I, I'm kind of I'm checked out on, on baseball for the most part, which is kind of a bummer. It's... It makes summer more fun when your baseball team is competitive. In the last two years, unfortunately, the Red Sox have not been. 
Uh, now, three years ago, that was one of the most fun teams I ever followed throughout the year, that Red Sox team that went on to win the World Series. But, yeah, it certainly does make the the, the summer months kind of go by quicker and then football sneaks up on you. For me, football is coming at a crawl, uh, which is unfortunate. But, but the, and, a, and this being such a slow month because you know it's it's like those last three weeks of school when you're a kid. You just you can see the destination, that being football, beginning at the end of the tunnel, but it just seems like it just takes so long, like you're clock watching in August. Because the rest of the summer almost felt like it went by fast until August hit. But now with baseball at least having a reason to have a, something to follow other than preseason football, which can be very almost like watching cement dry a little bit to a degree, unless your favorite one of your favorite players only plays at least one set in the beginning of the game, then the rest of it's irrelevant to watch. Then uh, at least it gives you something to uh, help you know ke- kill the boredom. And Blue Jays are off today, but three game set with Oakland coming up starting tomorrow, and then another three game set with uh, the Yankees. Yeah, preseason football in that game last night between the Steelers and the Vikings, it, it doesn't do it for me. And oh, another little pet peeve of mine, it's not, I, I mean, I'm guilty of this too, Trevor, but how many times do you think throughout the summer people say football is finally here? <laughs> they say it for media days. They say it for the start of fall camp for college. They say it for the start of the preseason. Uh, they probably actually say it during the draft during the NFL draft, if you want to go way back. That's technically the beginning of the new season, I think, according yeah. to the NFL, is and the address draft day. They'll say it, so they'll say it during the preseason games. They'll say it during the first college football game. They'll say it during the first NFL game. So that I, so many times people say football's finally back, but then a few weeks later they'll say it again. It kind of bugs me. When is, when is football back for you? Uh, for me, probably technically the – my fantasy football drafts, which is the last weekend of this month. That's yeah. uh, around the same, what, third week, I guess, of the preseason. That's that's the time to me when I'm I'm really – I know that it's it's right there. It's on my doorstep. I mean, the preseason games now, with the Hall of Fame game, I mean, I enjoy the Hall of Fame game. I enjoy the Hall of Fame speeches more often than the game. The NFL is the one sport, even though I, the baseball fame is awesome. It's a great place to go to. It's one of the, one of the three that I went to in my trip last year that I'll probably would like to go see again. Spend a little more time there, but NFL does it best when it comes to Hall of Fame acceptance. And yes, the, this weekend's had a little bit of a damper to it with Junior Seon, uh, the other the uh, the Minnesota Vikings guy, just suddenly decided to go mute at the mic and have Tarkenton speak for him, which was kind of weird a little bit. But they do it the best. I mean, baseball they sneak it in during the season a lot, like their draft. Basketball, hell, basketball's Hall of Fame is such a joke. It's not even funny. It's not even worth talking about. And when they do their inductions, it's not even a point to even really care. Their Hall of Fame is a joke to begin with. It's a strip mall in somewhere in Massachusetts, Springfield to be exact. The NFL does it right. They 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 spotlight it correctly, and it's it's the most entertaining by far. Well, I, I don't really get into the Hall of Fame at all. You don't? I love the speeches, man. Watching Jerome Bettis and Charles Haley's speech was excellent. I, I enjoy the Hall of Fame introductions of the NFL. I'll watch... Brett Favre next year, but if, uh-huh. if it's not a player that I, and again, I, I'm not quite as old as you, Trevor, where I'm at the age where I, I can remember these guys for, I'm getting closer. I remember Jerome Bettis, obviously. You, I can see you not, and Charles Haley, you should know. He's one of the most dominant and defensive jun- ends. Junior Seau, I, I, you know, that's, obviously, I remember. Yeah. He's retired five years ago. I mean. But it, it's not, it's not like it for you where, 
these guys you you watch play for a very long time. For me, I'm at the point where I, I watch these guys. I didn't watch these guys play for a very long time. I remember them, but I think as I get older, I'll like it a little bit more. And like I said, when it's Brett Favre, I'll definitely watch. And when it's guys that I was a fan of, I'm sure I'll, I'll be more entertained. But I didn't watch any of the Hall of Fame stuff last night, and I, I didn't really watch much of the Hall of Fame game last night, with the exception of Bridgewater's first drive. And I had to obviously check out some of. Bud Dupree couldn't believe how much flack Bud Dupree was catching for having a mediocre game. He finished with two tackles, didn't really do a lot, but it's his first ever game in the NFL, and and these games are happening the first one. So hypothetically, rookies on other teams are getting a bit more time to get adjusted and uh, to to kind of get up to speed with the NFL. Bud Dupree didn't get that luxury of an extra week or however long it. I can understand he didn't, he didn't play great. That's not how you want your first-round rookie to look in, in their first game, Trevor. But uh, I, ESPN dissected his game for about four minutes today, which for ESPN might as well be four hours if they talk about something for four minutes that isn't uh, Tom Brady, Deflategate, you know, some of those buzzwords that they, they love so much, LeBron James. So I was surprised to see that. I guess they just don't really have much to talk about. I was kind of bummed to see them picking on my on my boy Bud Dupree. I was curious on how he played after the first series uh, where Bridgewater uh, drove him down and then going for fourth down and didn't get it. And I thought he looked kind of pretty sharp. As sharp as you're going to look, I guess, in a preseason game. I mean, they obviously tried to get Mike Wallace involved in a couple different plays, hoping to get him into a groove with this offense early on. AP didn't play. Obviously, I doubt he'll play probably the whole preseason, especially the way they described it. After that series, though, I, I left it on the TV – for for the most part until I had to leave and go do the TV show around 10, 15. But I, I didn't – at that point, I was almost – it was white noise in the background. I was doing the shows for your and Nick's show today, and I, I had my headset on and with my one you know ear uncovered, so I was kind of listening to it, but really wasn't, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it makes sense. So back, you know, back to what I was talking about. For me, football season, back when I was living in Lexington and I would have to cover the, the fall practices every day, like Alex Forkner's doing for Cats Illustrated right now, I would say it starts for media day for me because every day pretty much up until the season starts, I'm going to have to do some sort of work or cover football, watch practices, do this and that. Now that I'm back in Louisville, even though I went to media day on Friday and did work then, really it probably doesn't start for me now until the first game, the first college game. That's kind of when it sinks in that, hey, it's officially back. It's here. It's here to stay for the next you know, four months, and that's uh, that's when it's back for me. So not quite there yet, but this is fantasy draft week for me, Trevor. This is a huge week. Draft on Friday or on Saturday. Uh, we get a keg. There's gonna be a lot of food. The bottom four people in the league have to pay for the keg. Uh, it's it's going to be. It's one of I would rank it in one of my top five days of the year, Trevor. Does it not worry you that you having it early to this point where? You can have injuries. I mean, you don't you, you don't you don't worry about doing it this early in the preseason when you have obviously you never know who's going someone's going to get hurt and you end up losing maybe a top draft pick in a fancy draft because you held it a little yeah, too early. We, we 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 generally try to do it a week later. We like to do it in the third week of August, yeah. uh, the third weekend of August. But having we have a few people that are that are out of town. Uh, really, it's we're we're getting better where everybody's in town. Uh, but a few people are out of town, so it makes it hard. So this was the week we could do it where everybody could make sure that they were going to be there uh, because if you can't draft your own team, it's a nightmare. So 
Uh, it, it's an, a week early, and it is unfortunate. That's something we've talked about. That's something that any league, and it really can happen at any time if you're unlucky. But, uh, you know, luckily we did it early enough where we know Arian Foster is going to be out a few weeks. So True. we didn't do, we didn't do quite that early, rather. So uh, we'll see. I'm excited, though. It's, and you don't have to worry about guys like Gordon and Le'Veon Bell because we already know they they already they already got busted smoking their blunts. So yeah, we already we know already, their suspensions. We already know the deal there. Uh, how do you how do you prepare for your fantasy drafts? What is what do you what what's kind of your walkthrough as if you as if the draft is game day? What do you do the the week leading up? Um, I, I kind of I I don't really I'm not a big note guy. I will mark down a few names that I don't want to forget. Maybe people that that I would consider maybe mid-round, late-round, and I haven't even done it yet. I don't really get really prepped for fantasy football. I don't even know we're going to talk a little more fantasy football as this week goes along, but I really don't start getting my prep work until the week before. I'm kind of, I'm that guy that, that does all his studying for the SATs a couple of nights before, you know, just crams it all in right before, because if I don't, I'm, I'm going to kill the brain cells. too. If I do it too early, I'm going to kill those brain cells and forget about it. So I like to do things early. What I do normally is I'll put a list of names together at each position or just some general names that I want to keep an eye on that are not necessarily your top two or three round guys. Sometimes I have a bad tendency of uh, reaching for those guys and and fear of maybe not getting them or waiting too long for them. That's burned me in the past on a few names. But that's, that's really the only prep work I really do. I really don't do a go heavy into it as much as you think I might. Now I might I'll look up the stats and I'll I'll go through all the rosters, but I only really in terms of homework and notes, only write down a few names that I want to remember. Nothing worse in when you're drafting and live drafts are the best. When you're actually there in person, you're with other people that are drafting, not online, when you see people's faces. The worst thing is when you make a pick and and people laugh at it or when you make a pick people you know give you crap for it and then you realize it kind of sinks in that oh i i could have definitely waited to get this player it really is just a a a pit in your stomach feeling trevor do you know what i would take that any day over the slap that's in every league that goes that's a great pick man i love that pick i i i I wanted him last round i mean that's an awesome i hate those people that do that to you that just annoys me. I just want to look at him every time, and be like, dude, shut the bleep up. You, you, if you wanted him, you could have taken him. You just quit, quit trying to blow smoke up my rear end. Just pick your team. I'll pick mine. Just well, Trevor, away. In my experience, is the the people that have that said to them are generally the people that the other guys in the league kind of feel bad about. Like they, <laughs> you know, they, no, they feel dude, every league has that guy that does it to every team though. You don't have that guy in that league. Every everybody that drafts, he's it does, he doesn't do it just to one person. He does it to everybody. He goes, "That's a great pick, man. That's an awesome that that guy's a sleeper. I really like him." Hey, there's he does it to every. There's ten people in your league. He does it to know. nine. It, it seems like they only do it to the people that they feel are getting picked on or has a bad team or feels like they need that little morale boost to kind of get them through the rest of the draft. Uh, I don't need the morale boost even if my team does suck. I need vodka. Okay, don't give me a morale boost. Give me a shot. Give me a hit. I don't want a morale boost. Well, there there will be plenty of uh, alcoholic beverages at, at our draft this weekend. Are you are, uh, are you a fan of getting drunk while drafting? Some some uh, would think that's not a good idea. It it certainly does add another element to the draft. Not only do you have to worry about 
being prepared and knowing what you're looking for. But it's almost, it, you know, it's almost like playing a golf course where the wind is really bad. It's just another thing that you have to have in the back of your mind when you're playing. Uh, so, and, and, you know, everybody, everybody, I guess last year there was one exception where the guy didn't remember his team the following morning. Um, or really the, <laughs> the draft altogether, uh, but everybody kind of keeps keeps their wits about them, so it, it ends up being okay. And having a few beers during it, the only thing, the the worst thing can happen, and this will probably be the fourth or fifth year that we've had a keg and and made it a pretty big drinking event. the The worst thing that happens is you get a little you get a little risky, Trevor. You do what you're talking about, maybe reaching a little bit. Uh, just just kind of getting anxious and you're not nearly as patient when you've had a few beers in you. So uh, that's the worst thing that happens when I when, st- when drinking during the draft. I stopped drinking the draft years ago. Uh, the only draft I really drank at uh, was one of my earlier drafts. I want to say Circa. You'll appreciate this because it involves a story about a, uh, a former Packer. But uh, I, I got really hammered in one of my last couple rounds picks. And this is a, was a big money league. And it was the last, maybe second to last round, so it was pretty irrelevant. But I just, I ended up taking guy, I ended up taking like Mark Shimura, who just like a couple of weeks later had been, you know, released from the Packers because he got found in a hot tub with four teenage girls. And I was like, I'll take him. He seems like a good guy. I want him on my team. And uh, at that point, I realized, of course, I think I ended up taking TJ Hoosman's out. It was a rookie that year, my last pick, just because I wanted to try to say his name, which if it was a keeper league, would have been a good pick in the long run, but it wasn't. But that, that's why I don't take, I don't get. Really hammered. That's the only draft I really got really drunk at. That team was awful. I mean, Mark Tomorrow could he didn't even win in the league that year, and he might he probably did better than the tight end I did have playing. It it how many how many times in your league do you does somebody pick somebody that's already been selected? Oh lord, uh, I, even in my big money leagues, which uh, Farrell Elliott runs, which you'll be involved in this year, and you'll see how you'll blow your mind how how huge it is when you do see it uh, later on this month. Even in those drafts, at least, at least maybe at least two or three times, at least. And in those drafts, there's a giant board right in front of you with every name on it that's been picked within every team. See, yeah. we don't do the big we don't do the big board. What I do is I have my computer up and I'm uploading teams into Yahoo as the draft is going on, and adding adding that drinking element that I've talked about. We probably have it probably happens. And remember, it's a keeper league, so you're basically knocking out two extra rounds. Uh, I would say it probably happens double a uh, double digit amount of times. What's more annoying the the ridiculous. the the, the uh, overzealous suck up guy that tells you every pick was great, the guy who tells you that you made a horrible pick right there, or the guy that goes, is he still out there? Twelve times before he gets one right. It's definitely the guy that says, is he still out there? I'm okay with one. Everybody can everybody can have one. In everybody the does. Months. Even I even I who keep a pretty good order of. Uh, the sober one in the league, even I'll still do that occasionally. And the, some of the other worst fantasy football people out there too, Trevor, you have the person that is always whining and complaining about the clock, about <laughs> if you're on, you know, they're, they're saying, hurry up, hurry up. And meanwhile, they're they, the worst. Yeah. <laughs> also, another person that is the worst is the person that takes a ton of time on the clock, who sits there for four minutes and there's a very obvious pick, and and then they eventually pick that person, but they're just mulling through their options, uh, seemingly just to be a jerk. And then also another worst fantasy draft person is the person who every pick he makes, it's an awesome pick. They're they're so sure about it. They they jumped on it before everybody else, and their team is without a doubt going to win the championship. I had one person in one of my leagues 
Trevor, uh, it was after the draft, and I was still collecting money for some people. I, I generally try to do it before the before the draft, but there's a, I had to get some afterwards. And he said, okay, well, have we figured out how much money everybody's got? I don't want to have to come looking for you and us not know exactly how much money I win at the end of the season. And I was just like, hey, are you serious? Like, why don't you why don't you worry about your team first? You just drafted your team. Needless to say, that person did not win any money when the season ended. So the the very confident people I don't like in my fantasy draft either. Just be humble, have fun, have a few beers, or don't don't have a few beers. Take your take your time, but not too much time. Keep a good track record of who's been drafted. And uh, get to the regular season and let your team do the talking. I don't know. I know I'm only in one what I would consider a garage league, which is kind of what you're in, and one of the non, you know, big boy league, one of the big big time leagues. It's the organizational leagues, but there's always I've got the same guy in this league. We just like the six year we're doing this league, and every year it's he complains about the same thing: the free agency pickup. It's like, oh, I hate how free because he never he, he no matter what. I mean, he could have gotten the guy. He didn't get the guy. I don't know who the guy was. He was trying to get. But it seems like every uh, every year he's complaining about the fridge pickup because he doesn't like the way the waiver wire does. Because he never gets his guy. Everyone gets their guy, but he never gets his guy. Of course, he didn't have a very good winning season. That type of guy annoys me. I, I've seen him in other leagues as well in garage leagues. And there's one in my in my one big in one of my longstanding garage league. That he complains every year about it. every year we try to change the the the. The the way the free agency's done, we always take a vote. Me and a couple other people every year, we're just like, we don't give a bleep, just whatever. Just tell us how when when you, when you figure out the rules, just tell us how it's done, and we'll we'll play by them. Other than that, we don't care, and I never do care. But also, are you the, the guy that will tell someone if they draft a player who's injured and they don't realize it? I won't, and okay. I don't like the people that I don't like the people that do. Maybe I agree. That me, maybe that makes me a jerk. No. Uh, and another, and, and Derek tweets into the show or texts in, texts into the show, and he's got a good point. The people that draft people from their favorite team and can't stop talking about them, that is obnoxious as well. Uh, also, the people that ask, there's a there's a guy in our fantasy league, and if my fantasy league listened to the show and just heard me ripping on all these different people, I might get banned from the league. But there's a guy in our league who will ask people what they think oh. before and it is so obnoxious because he doesn't know that much about football. We don't have him in the league to take his money because you know we like him and we're friends with him. But and he actually has surprisingly done okay. He hasn't won any money back, but he's had some fourth place finishes and been been close. He's knocked on the door. But yeah, he'll sit there and he'll say, do you, "What do you think about?" The, he'll lean over to the person next to him. What do you think about this pick? How do you feel about? How do you feel about that? And it's. It's so annoying. And there was one time somebody did draft somebody that was injured, and we let them do a repick. And oh no, man, no, no, that's man, blasphemy! That really mad. I was not happy about it. I did not want to do it. Listen, I'm in a big money league, and in, in that when I was referring, I'm not in anymore. It was actually uh, I'll, I'll tell you off there who ran it because you know who he is too. But I'll, I'll keep it off the air. Uh, that, that ran the league, and I'll never forget. I think it was the third or fourth round. It was here. Darnay Scott had left the Bengals and gone to the Cowboys, and. He just shattered his leg in like the first practice of the season. Someone, this is a two hundred dollars, you know, team of league. The guy took Darnay Scott in like the third round. No one said a word. I mean, we kept. I mean, you you, you could have you could have heard a mouse fart in that room. People that were drinking and smoking and doing other things. And I mean, he just kind of was like, "I'll take Darnay Scott." Ross like, "Okay, cool, yeah, you know, good pick, man." You know, yeah, and then after the draft, we told him, and he was like, "Well, this is BS, man. I didn't know." I fought. Listen, if you're gonna pay money to own a franchise, I don't care if it's fifty bucks, thirty bucks, 
And don't blame me because you didn't do your homework properly or you weren't paying oh. attention to Sports Center. You don't have the internet. Of course, at the time we didn't have the internet because this was in circuit like 2002, but not the point. Yeah, and also there, there has been some times where somebody will draft somebody and then they'll try to switch their pick. <laughs> and the, the big debate is if they do it before the other person picks, is that a big deal? I, I just you know pick who, you, who pick who you pick. Exactly. Don't, the other reason go, I hate the don't go he, back on it. The other reason I hate is he out there guy is because if he names a name that maybe say he's picking right before you or he's yeah. two picks before you and you you got your you got your eye on. I don't know Chris Polk, who's who's going to be our, who's going to be maybe maybe the guy along with Alfred Blue starting in in Texans and Houston because of the injury to, to Foster, and he's two picks ahead. And he goes, "Is Chris Polk out there?" And you're sitting there going, "Dude, I want to just I want to take you and just tombstone you on the concrete outside right now, like like just yeah. straight Undertaker style." Because now what the guy in front of you didn't remember that. What if he wasn't realizing he was out there? That's another reason why that guy annoys me. Never blurt out names ever. Unless you plan on drafting him, that's a uh, that's a good point. I hate those people too. I like that we're kind of venting on the on the fantasy <laughs> football people. We hate. We need to go to commercial break. I wonder but how Trevor, many of our league members are listening right now and are going, "Dude, he's describing me, douche." Yeah, yeah, he's he's not invited back. Uh, you've got to. You, we have a big con, and I don't like to get too specific talking about my league. I know I do it too much, but I'm I'm going to later on, Trevor. You have to remind me after we're gonna have Derek Terry on in the next segment from the Kentucky Colonel. Uh, used to write for Rivals, and he's going to talk about UK football. But after that, when we get back to the fantasy football talk, Trevor, remind me to tell you this big controversy we're going to have heading into our draft this year. Uh, and I'm curious to get your opinion on it. I'm curious to get everybody else's opinion on it. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. When we come back, Derek Terry, UK football, stick around. Relax and strap on your seat, but you've never been on a ride like this before. What a producer who can rap and control the maestro at the same time with the dope rhyme that I kick. You know and I know I feel some more funky shit to add to my collection. The selection symbolizes dope. The Sports Talker. He's got emotional problems, man. You mean beyond pacifism? With T.J. Walker. He's fragile. He's very fragile. Huh? I did not know that. Presented by Allen Electric. Now, here's a little story I got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. It started way back in history with that rock. We're back here, 1450 Sports Buzz. The Sports Talk with T.J. Walker is brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentucky Anna's first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call, 636-HELP, for any electrical service. Allen Electric will never leave you in the dark. And we are joined with Kentucky student, Kentucky Colonel's own Derek Terry, covering the football team. Derek, how's it going, buddy? Doing pretty good, T.J. How are you? Doing well, ran into you at media day you uh you've done some work for rivals and cats illustrated in the past you did a good job but now you're moving on to the kentucky colonel side of things like so many journalists who cover uk media have done uh, including myself for a short time how's how's the experience going at the kentucky colonel it's going pretty well so far 
um, getting adjusted to doing more planning, things like that besides just riding. So it has been an adjustment, but I'm excited to get back to school, get things underway. Um, yeah, you're you're lucky. Forward, uh, you're lucky yeah. you're a student at UK. Uh, still, that's uh, the this will be the the best few years of your life. So so learn some more about riding and enjoy your your time with the Kentucky Colonel. But more importantly, enjoy your time in college. That's a common theme when I talk to you. Stop <laughs> enjoying these four years that I have. I, I, uh, I remind you often, don't I? You do. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, we we came on here. college football, not necessarily just about your your college experience and you were out at media day and you were you got to check out commonwealth stadium i know you weren't you weren't able to go on the tour so this was your first time checking out commonwealth stadium Uh, what did you make of where they're at just kind of a a first experience in the new commonwealth stadium Uh, do you think they're going to be able to finish by september 5th and and again what were some of your other opinions on on the new look um, well, I don't know a whole lot about construction and how fast it goes by, but there's definitely a lot of work to be done on the stadium. Um, as far as the new press blocks, new suites that were added, I really liked it. It definitely makes it feel like um, a new stadium, even though it's same location, same place, still Commonwealth Stadium. It just it really does feel different. Um, the recruiting room, looks like they were still doing some work over there around the bleachers in that area where the new student section will be. But overall, the turf I thought was really nice. It's a nice touch. A lot different than the grass that they used to have. But um, overall, I think by the time September 5th gets here, this should be in pretty good shape. And I'm sure the fans will be really excited to get in there and check it out themselves. Yeah. it's uh, They're coming along, and they've made some improvements since I was on the tour versus when I was there for media day. So you just yes or no answer? Do they do they get it all complete by September fifth? I'm pretty optimistic, so I'm gonna say yes. Good, good. Uh, I I I'm not as optimistic, but I <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure they probably will. They wouldn't be spending 120 million to have it done a few days late. What were some of your other takeaways from Media Day? Stadium aside, obviously that it's a work in progress and it's gonna look really nice whenever it is finished. But just talking to some of the players, just the feel of being there. I know you've been to a, a media day before. Uh, but what were some of the takeaways, just general outlook stuff? Um, overall, seem like every preseason, everybody's really positive. Uh, looking forward to, you know, everybody's realistically or a chance to win a national championship, I guess, at the beginning of the year. Every team's a clean slate. But... Um, I would say for, you know, I talked to Boom Williams a lot, a little bit, Patrick Tolles, and, I mean, I just think after the way last season ended, those guys really want to get back out there, and they do believe that they have the team that can compete in most games. And I think that's just the general feel from Stoops as well, just wanting to see progress from last season. Um, no matter how many more wins it results in, just have a better feeling, I guess, than what they finished with last season. As far yeah, as the way some of the players go on, guys. I'm sorry. As far as the way, like the looks of the players, I mean, Chris Westry catches your eye with his size at corner. I mean, UK's in my lifetime, as far as I know, they've never had a cornerback as tall as he is, six foot four, probably closer to six foot five. Um, he looked good, and then some of the other guys. Saturday, I saw it practice. Will Jackson, the freshman, DBs, 
pretty tall and big, and he caught my eye. He wasn't on the roster, so I had to ask um, Tony, the football uh, media, you know, media operator or whatever, the um, who he was, and he looked great. And just the offensive lineman, George, the sophomore agile, I would be surprised if he's not a starter at some point this season. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I imagine he will probably sooner rather than later. And Chris Westry, the cornerback, freshman, true freshman, is another guy that really stood out for, for me. Uh, what did you what did you spend your time writing about at Media Day? Who did you spend the majority of your time talking to? Uh, there are a lot of position battles out there, pretty much eh, seemingly at every position. There, There is a position battle, but... Uh, who did you talk to? And, and I'm sure whoever you did talk to, there was something about a position battle there. So, which one is catches your eye the most? Um, I'll spend a lot of time around the running backs. I'd say it's definitely Boom Williams' job to lose. But between Kemp and Horton and him, that's three guys that have played a lot and have made a lot of plays. Um, only thing is having well four running backs counting the incoming freshmen. Um, They've not naming a starter there yet, but I'd be surprised as long as he's healthy and uh, running the ball well. And also, not necessarily a position battle, but the wide receiver group. Um, there's so many wide receivers on the team that can make plays for you. I think it's the deepest group they've had at UK in quite some time. You've got guys that are tall and strong, Blake Bone and Dorian Baker, guys that are solid with the ball. And then you know, they've got guys in the slot like Garrett Johnson and Ryan Timmons that can make plays, and then yeah. uh, cornerback you got Cody Quinn and Fred Tiller who are back as seniors, but you got Chris Westry and Kendall Randolph, younger guys that are pushing them for playing time. Yeah, it's uh, it, we've we've been breaking down position by position on the radio show, and pretty much every position there's there's so many question marks, but being able to have a little bit more depth should make things easier. Uh, and Athlon Sports today released their top quarterbacks in the SEC. Had Patrick Toll seventh, so right at the middle of the pack. What did you what do, what do you make of that news? Are there six other quarterbacks better than Patrick Tolls? And uh, if if not, where would you have Tolls ranked yourself? Uh, as of right now, I would say with the way that Tolls finished in the last season um, he didn't necessarily finish on a high note, struggled a lot, especially against Louisville, who had a great defense. But I personally don't think that there's six other quarterbacks better than him. And by the end of the season, I think you'll definitely see him listed higher. Uh, as far as quarterbacks right now, they're probably ahead of him. Josh Dobbs at Tennessee. Um, he's the one that sticks out in mind. But there's a lot of new quarterbacks this year in the conference. South Carolina's have a new quarterback, Connor Mitch. Florida will bring back Treon Harris, but I'm not sure if he's the name of the starter there or not. But I definitely think by the end of the season, Tolls is going to have a chance to be right up there with at the top of the league as far as quarterbacks go. Yeah, I mean, I'd have Dak Prescott just based on what he's been able to do ahead of him. Jeremy Johnson at Auburn, you've heard nothing but great things about them. Uh, and then Joshua Dobbs, I'm, I'm very, very high on Dobbs, and I'm pretty high on Tennessee as well. Uh, and then after that, I, I don't really know if you can, it's certainly debatable, but I would have tolls right there after those guys um, it, it, within the top five but we will see and, and I think tolls even if maybe there's more other cat talent other quarterbacks excuse me that are more talented than he is 
But I think he's going to also put up big numbers this year. They're going to have to throw a lot. He's going to still do some of the rushing things and get some rushing touchdowns and be a dual-threat quarterback in a sense. And the depth of wide receiver is certainly going to help him uh, heading into to his junior year. What are some other storylines? What's another storyline that you're intrigued by as fall camp gets rolling and we're just a few weeks away from the start of the season? I think defensive line is going to be a big key. UK brings back a lot of guys on the interior. Um, you got Melvin Lewis and Matt Elam and Reggie Mint, some of those guys that are back. But with Jason Hatcher getting suspended for the first two games, that puts the defensive end spot in a, in a bind because you really have any experience returning there. You're going to be relying a lot on Denzel Ware, who redshirted last season to make a lot of plays and in the conference typically don't um, – start out of the gate too hot, so that's to be a problem, I think. Um, also, offensive line just a spot that they return four starters, so you're going to expect them to be doing some big things for the offense. I just think that's the most exciting thing for UK fans this year is how well the offense is going to play. You bring back, even though they're not listening to the starters, you got like Tolls and boom, they've made a lot of plays for you. And then you have a deep group of wide receiver, some emerging guys at tight end, C.J. Conrad and Daryl Long. Um, we'll see the way that they play, but I think D.K. is definitely going to rely on the offense those first few games until the defense can sort itself out. Yeah, it, it might be a, a situation where they're just going to have to, you always have to outscore the opponent, but I mean high-scoring affairs if that ends up being the case. Because uh, uh, while there's question marks everywhere, you should feel a lot better about Kentucky's offense than their defense, but time will tell, and, and, and we're getting close, and well, I know I know you're excited, I'm excited, and you're doing good work for the Kentucky Colonel. And uh, make sure you, you give Derek Terry a follow on Twitter, at DTerryColonel is his Twitter name. He provides good updates. He'll be at the practices. Uh, so make sure you give him a follow. Derek, thanks for hopping on the show with us, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you here pretty soon as football season comes closer day by day. All right, TJ, thanks for having me on. All right, Derek Terry, the Kentucky Colonel. Uh, student reporter I like to I like to when I was a student re- reporter Trevor I would I would do some radio appearances so I know that experience is good and I, I Trevor I even think you had me on your show a time to time student when I oh yeah that. when the first time you when the first time you had me on I was uh, but y- you had me on for a few years or at least I was coming on 1450 I'm pretty sure it was your show oh hell if I'd known your student I would have hung up on you I didn't know that <laughs> No, you wouldn't have. No, you wouldn't have. I didn't know uh, you, you false advertise. You didn't tell me you were still a student. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah we I would see? talk. Because you'd always joke that I'd still lived I'm in the dorms. I'm messing with you, TJ. I as, if I, as if I was a senior living in the dorms. Weren't you living in the dorms? I had been in 2010. But every show you would say, how's the dorms? And all this, <laughs> all this goofy stuff. Oh, me being goofy? No. I, I fail to believe that. Yeah, believe it or not. I take everything I do serious as a, as a heart attack, especially radio. <laughs> I can tell. All right, we're going to head to a commercial break. When we come back, uh, we're going to touch on some other things that we missed the last few days. I need to tell this fantasy football story that's not all that good, but I do want to get some outside opinions on it. Uh, and then we're going to preview the offensive lines after the 5 o'clock hour. By, by the way, here's, too a much little, time on that. here's a little radio tip. If you're going to tease a story, don't predecess it by saying it's really not that good. <laughs> what? You, no, well, I, I, you know, I, I sometimes get excited about stories that I think are really exciting for me, and they are. 
but then I can imagine the listener being like, oh, wow, they were teasing that for a really long time. So I don't want to get your hopes up. I'm a very honest radio host, when Trevor. You, when you asked Hannah out, did you go, hi, would you like to go out with me? I, I'm kind of a tool, and I'll mistreat you and ignore you on a lot many occasions, but would you like to go out? Yeah, yeah. I didn't, <laughs> Is that I wanted how it worked? Be, I wanted to be up front. She was impressed I, by my honesty. I play video games 12 hours of the day and sleep eight, sleep another eight, but would you like to go on a date with me? Yeah. That's what yeah, I used to That's what I say when I go up to women. All right, let me let me try this. Stick around after the commercial break for the most exciting controversial topic that we'll ever have on this radio show. 1450 the Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. a hybrid this is a cross uh, uh bluegrass kentucky bluegrass uh, featherbed bench and uh, northern california sensimia presented by allen electric the amazing stuff about this is that you can play 36 holes on it in the afternoon take it home and just get stoned in a bejesus belt Sports Buzz. That was a fantastic clip, Trevor. You enjoyed the little Caddyshack there? That made me incredibly happy. Cannonball for, it. Cannonball it. Thanks for playing that. I, that's one of those, it's, Sometimes it's clips like that, though. I, I need to. I love to let them play for 35 seconds to a minute because they just, they're that great, but you got to cut them short sometimes for, for bumpers. Yeah. yeah it, it's, just play the clip the rest of the show. How about that? <laughs> You get it to the bar, he's telling him that it's cannonball it. Cannonball it, Ty. Cannonball it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. So here's the deal. We were talking fantasy football in the first segment. There was something I wanted to talk about. Uh, we didn't have enough time. I think we were more venting fantasy football is more like what we, we were doing. We were. We were talking about our least favorite types of fantasy football players that may be in your league. And it was. That, that felt good, Trevor. It felt good to get that out there. It did. It felt, it, I felt like it was kind of our own little therapy session amongst the masses of the Kentucky and Southern Indiana area. There's some breaking news that this is interesting. Uh, Louisville's going to have a, a basketball game at the same night of the UVL UK football game, which, if I had to guess, would probably be a night game. I know that's a long ways away. That seems odd. Uh, yeah, I have not seen I thought you were going to tell me breaking news. Louisville plays a basketball game tomorrow night. I was like, really? It's breaking to you? Even me, yeah. even somebody wakes up at two o'clock knew that. Uh, no, I have not seen. Uh, well, what's who will they play? Will be they're playing St. Louis, but the game's in Brooklyn. Oh well, no. At least, well, it's at least it's not a home game. Well, yeah, but still strange. Uh, there's not going to be any media there to cover that game in Brooklyn. Oh no, there'll be media. There. They'll send people. Some people will have to, to miss the football game to go to that. The, the courier, the courier will be there, and that'll be it. <laughs> You know, now that I agree, a courier will be there. I think some of the local, maybe other blog sites. Uh, no, the big, you don't think they'll send somebody no. up there? No, no. The other, I mean, they don't have the bodies to to do that. 
And it's not like Brooklyn's cheap. It's not like that. You can just drive yeah. to Brooklyn. And it's not like they're no. playing anybody outside of well, St. Louis. I mean, I mean, if you're playing St. Louis and say, "Go oh, well, we can send you to Brooklyn to cover Louisville and St. Louis, or we can have you stay here and drive to Lexington and cover the football game between Kentucky and Louisville. Gee, I wonder where you'll be headed. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, uh, the Courier will be the only place. Maybe a TV station. I maybe yeah, I don't no, know. They will too. Like, yeah, I guarantee WWE will probably send one person up there with a camera guy. H A. Yeah, the TV stations will each send one person with a camera guy up there. I promise you that. Well, I don't know. But, I, I, but that you're right. That's probably about it. I mean, I'm not a yeah. I'm still not even a hundred. I mean, maybe a TV station, but it's gonna have to be somebody that's low down on the totem pole. And oh, you're gonna have yeah. to say you're gonna say to them, nope, you don't get to cover UK UVO. We're gonna send you up to Brooklyn for a stupid basketball game. Louisville's gonna win by fifty. Uh, it, will, it will be as you said. I don't, I don't know if they want to refer themselves as lowered man on a pole and pole unless they just realize it and are okay with their station in life. But yeah, it'll be somebody who's the fill-in weekend guy. It yeah, won't, it won't be uh, it won't be a name that you you. I, I don't want to say a name you won't know because if anybody locally probably knows the local media people. But it won't be uh, it won't be your your A list people yet. So uh, it'll I, I'm I'm excited to I, I mean I'm excited for that day just because UVL UK but uh, you're gonna have a, a U UVL basketball game as well and then I, I know UK is going to play I think maybe the day day before or the day after that's kind of when the sports crossover is at its peak. Trevor, and it makes for a very fun time of the year. I don't know though, but is it really a bad thing to be the guy that gets on that trip though? I mean. You, you'll probably get there early enough to more than likely the times one intertwined. So you'll probably get there early enough to at least watch the UVL UK football game on if you're, if you're a fan. And so, so some, you don't know what time that game's going to be at. I would think they're not going to overlap too much. I, you know, I don't know. I'd say that, that, that. That's not up to Louisville. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, cause not like, up to you had, Louisville you the, the slightest. You had the bowl game situation last year with, you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's Louisville was kind of at the mercy of the bowl. They, that's something they really couldn't couldn't adjust in any way. I would think this would being their own schedule would be able, even if it isn't Brooklyn, be able to have some kind of say in some small way to say, hey, can we push this game back or you know change a time on it, not date wise, but maybe time instead of starting at you know seven, can we start at nine? Can we be you know do something in that manner? Yeah. Well, the, it seems that that game in Brooklyn set for eight o'clock and. There's a decent chance that a Louisville UK game could be at seven or seven thirty. If that's the case, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a go to a, a place with two TVs night for Louisville fans. <laughs> if you if you don't head to Lexington for the game, I no, guess it could no. be at three thirty, and everything could be all this could be uh, a moot topic. To quote the great one of my favorite lines in Back to the Future, he's crazy. No one owns two TVs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let me let me tell you let me throw this by you, Trevor. We've got a. We've got a bit of a dilemma in our fantasy league that a lot of people are getting kick him out, getting worked up about. So we have had people in our league. It was a few years ago. I, I mean, really five or six years ago. Now it's been a while that they had they were in cahoots with one another and said, "Hey, if you don't start your people, uh, then I'll give you some extra money and, and you let me advance to the championship game and." Uh, that was only part of it, and then we found out that they were dropping people to have other people pick them up, and it turned into this big thing, and we did kick those people out of the league, and they were our friends. It wasn't an easy thing to do. It was nothing personal. It's just you can't be doing that stuff in a fantasy league and, and try to go behind people's backs and do it, and we, we didn't want them in the league. 
It's not. It's not personal. It's just business. Exactly. So, and this and this involves me too, which is interesting. So, uh, we're coming back. I, I went to the Louisville Notre Dame game last season. And we're on our way back. Kentucky was on a bye, uh, and, and I'd never been to Notre Dame before. We're on the way back, and I'm driving with my friend. You like it, by the way. With uh, kind of a cool stadium. It's old school, I, but cool. The, the, the stadium was a dump. Yeah, the campus. But... The campus was cool. The atmosphere was awesome. Uh, I also had I also had the flu, so I wasn't feeling yeah. all that great. But the stadium was a dump. And yeah, I like old school stadiums, broke, And they are no video board, which is stupid. Wooden benches, which I'm not even picky about that stuff. And we stood the majority of the game. But it, I mean, it. At, at what point do you not just get some modern day upgrades at the stadium? Uh, I will. I, I, didn't, know, mean, I didn't mean to distract you with this because I do actually remember us having this. History versus modern day technology and uh, nostalgia versus the te- the internet day uh, a conversation when it occurred. So we'll move on from there. Okay. I do now that you, once you said those things, it clicked in my head. The, uh, the 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 brain cells reawoke, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, I remember having this conversation with them. So on our way, so on our way back, and again, I, I don't like to get too specific with my problems in my league, although. I'd say 50% of the show is me talking about TV shows that I like. So I guess that's kind of out the window. But Speaking of which, don't watch Mr. Robinson, the worst show I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> we're going to sidetrack this whole time. Yeah, we're never gonna go get to the, uh, so uh, we're driving back, and my buddy says to me, he says, hey, I'll give you $100 if you throw this game. Just don't play your best players, <laughs> and I'll give you $100. I think our entry fee that year was 125 and he goes, I'll, I'll, just, I'll, I'll give you $100. You're only losing 25 bucks on the year. You're probably not going to win anyways. I was the eighth seed. I haven't been shy about how bad my fantasy team was last year. Uh, and, and he was serious about doing it. He had a really good team. Uh, he had Jamal Charles, Arian Foster, Gronk, just to name a few of the guys that he had on his roster last year. He was the number one seed. He had won points a lot. Uh, he had Again, he had won the regular season. And he, he was just kind of worried that, something was going to happen and he was going to walk away without getting any money with the exception of winning points. We give away some point weekly points, which is like 10 or 15 bucks, not that much money. He was just worried that, Hey, if I don't win this first round game, I'm not even going to be in a chance to win any money. Cause we do also give money to third place. So if you can win your first week, the first round of the playoffs, you're automatically going to play for money at some point. And, and he was just worried about not really having a chance to get to play for money. And I said, no, I'm not doing that one. That's just kind of a, a crappy thing to do Two, I kind of felt good about my chances to beat him. I ended up losing by 20 points or something. And my team really didn't play all that well either. And then it three, you punched him in the groin for asking, right? It wasn't, it wasn't that my team didn't play that well that week. It wasn't a very good team, but I only lost by 20 points. So it wasn't, I actually thought I could win that game. Uh, and I wasn't too far off. His team was kind of trending down. My team was trending up and, but I said, no. And then, the next, I guess it was maybe that same day or the following day, I joked with all our friends like, hey, my buddy, he asked, he was going to pay me $100 to throw the game. And everybody kind of laughed about it and said that it was a stupid thing to do. But they thought I was joking. So later on, a few weeks later, they find out that I'm being serious about that, that he had actually offered me $100 to throw the game. It wasn't a joke. He was being sincere. Now, of course, he started saying that it was he was never actually going to pay me. It was a joke. He just wanted to see if I would do it, this and that. But it was clearly a, a, it was clearly a valid offer. So the big question is, what do we do to him? 
Because you can't, because luckily I'm an honest guy, Trevor, and I'm the commissioner and I've got, you know, I've got a good head on my shoulders, but what do we do in this situation? What would you do, Trevor? He deserves a punishment. I suggested a punch to the groin. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe go with that. Maybe he should get uh, a wiffle ball bat to the groin three times. I think that would be a legitimate. <laughs> so you're uh, thinking more physical punishment. Oh, nothing yeah. Actually no, do he is- should be kicked out of the league. No, I don't think. I mean, it was a third offense maybe, but at this point it should be a physical punishment. Maybe, uh, maybe hot wax him if, he's, uh, if he looks like he has a body like Steve Carell and 40 Virgin. We do that to him, do that to his chest. Uh, maybe maybe tape his uh, his rear end shut and beat him White Castles for the whole draft. Um, He'd like that. He wouldn't uh, would like no, Trust me, after a little while, he won't like it when he realizes there's no exit fee. Uh, but yeah, do something along those lines. You know, you know, make make him make him chug a uh, a half gallon of expired milk. You know, do something along. The, so <laughs> why these so are popping my head right away? They got it like written down. You're talking not. more. Let's do these things that that don't have anything to do with fantasy football, but are just going to be fun to watch him to do. Yeah. He would actually, he would probably prefer that because the the proposal is to make him lose his six round draft pick. What do you think about that? Uh yeah, I was going to say that right before you said that. I was going to to go in terms of maybe hurting his fantasy. Yeah, maybe docking him a draft pick. I guess that's you know what they do to the Patriots more often than not for for their their problems when they get caught cheating. I don't know if I would – I don't know. Personally, I think it would be funner to hit a guy in the, in the groin with a wiffle ball bat, but that's just me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I he And he's not happy about it. And he's threatened to leave the league. If this is the case, he would never leave the league, so we all know he's bluffing there. For a six-round pick? I mean, listen, that's now six-round pick and a keeper And a keeper league, so it's really an eighth-round pick. I would say I would say, I would say, I would say exit one of his keepers. For, the, for one year, you can only keep – how many people do you keep? Two? I mean, yeah, he can only keep, he can only keep one this year. He well, can only protect no. one player. Oh man, that would not go. He would he would actually probably quit the league if that were the case. Well, then good, quit the league. Peace out, buddy. That would be a ta- that would be a harsh punishment. I don't know. I mean, for one year, I mean, he can keep a second guy after that. But I mean, yeah, I think he should. He, I mean, he should be. If it's that much of an uproar, and I guess now I don't know. Then again, I mean, you didn't actually do it. If you both gone through with it, then punishment could be but, reasonable. But now, but that's all, what he's saying. But all that's you can say saying. is, yeah, he can claim joking. It's nothing I ever went through. It's kind of hard to punish him in that way. That's why I think you should do something physically to him that's embarrassing to him that you all enjoy doing for punishment. It says something that's going to hurt his team because there's no official proof that he would have actually done it. Well, he he would have done it. But that's what he's saying is that he wouldn't have, and and he's saying nothing happened, so who cares? But the fact of the matter is, what if he had gone to somebody else and they would have done that, and it, it could have really changed the outcome of the league? Uh, maybe somebody that deserved to win wouldn't have won. Now, again, it's hypothetical because it didn't come to this, but I don't like having people in the league that want to go behind the league's back and do that. Now, if you're in the championship game and you say, okay, let's split the pot this way, this way. I hate that, way, way. by the way. Somebody asked me to do that one year, and I just laughed at him and walked away. I was like, no, nah, dude. Get some okay. cojones. I'm, play me. I'm, a, I'm okay with splitting the pod if you if you'd like to do that. Yeah, I know uh, people do it a lot, but I don't. I, but that's you know you've made it to the championship game. Everybody's getting money. That's one thing. But in the first round to try to bribe somebody so you can get a pass to the next round. At that point, you might as well be able to pay people for players. You might as well, if you want to trade somebody, be like, hey, you give me Jamal Charles, I'll give you 150 bucks. Plus, it just kind of ruins. Yeah. It, it kind of it ruins the integrity of the league. Mike texts in and says he can't draft in the first round 
uh, in round one and say the first five picks. So he, he would get his draft pick moved back. That's, that's an interesting thought too. Uh, he, uh, that would, that would, that'd be kind of confusing though, for how you, where would you slate him in a snake draft? Cause he's got the 11th pick. So in the first round, he'd be fine. In the second round, I guess Mike is hinting, don't let him have the 13th pick, move him down. So he'd have the 18th pick. I guess you just move everybody else up a spot. I, I see. To I, a certain I, extent. I'm with that. So guy. Only some people would benefit from that. I'm on that guy's side where I said, if it didn't go through, you can't prove that I was being how serious I was. I would make it clear that if something, a collusion like that would be, would be aroused again and be, and, and actually went through with, then it would be a, a, a docking of a keeper or a draft pick, a high draft pick, whether it be first or second round uh, for first offense, second offense out of the league. But since there's no proof, I still say make him chug expired milk. Well, there is proof. What? So would you well, be okay? But there's with no the proof. Same? There's no proof other than he he can sit there, like you said, he can claim, "Wow, oh, man, we were coming back to the game. I just had a good buzz. I was just messing with you. I wasn't uh-huh. really going to give you much." You can't actually prove. I mean, I can sit there and tell you, "Hey, I think I'm going to, you know, go steal that car over there. I think I'm going to steal LT's uh, car." I can tell Bobby Boucher that's what I think about doing, but I mean, I'm actually going to do it. Now the, the but now I know, but it, the thing is, <laughs> other people could do it, and I, I think making him chug milk or do something like that expired would, milk a month expired. would stop him from doing it further. Now, how big of a deal we've made about it to begin with, I think have taught will have taught him his lesson. I am. That's why I, I, I said make it clear that if you are caught doing it, in this case, it was just a hypothetical and it didn't actually happen but if someone is caught with collusion in some way that being one obviously falls completely under the umbrella of collusion then then, then there are punishments and the first offense as i mentioned would be a loss of a keeper plus maybe even or and or a draft pick second time you're done there's no there's no second there's no three strikes in the inclusion of face football you're you're lucky to get one strike in my opinion personally i would i would have if he if he'd actually handed me the money it'd been like a drug sting I'd have been like, yeah. uh, so you're red, saying team, red team go. He, he looked like Walter. He looked like you know Marion Barry with a with a coke mustache and a suitcase full of drugs. You're right. The the fact that's a good point. I should have followed through with it and been on the inside. And then the only thing is, if I would have done that, people would have said that I actually was going to take the money and then had a change of heart. No, and no. They, tell everybody. See, listen. This he wants to give me a hundred bucks to pay the team. Once he hands me that money, Red Seal go, and everybody yeah. and he's done. We're we'll just <laughs> like talk about style. the league. Well, he, he's going to make a case. We're going to go on Thursday night to announce our keepers. We used to do it an hour before the draft, and now everybody wants more time to prepare, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah that's another one. I'm in a keeper league. They want to do like two weeks before the draft that keepers have to be announced. Is it really? Do you really need that much preparation no, to know that don't. there's two people being kept on each team? No, you don't. You I don't. Agree. And I, I like doing it an hour before because it kind of just threw another twist into the into the draft and also a lot of people by that point would be pretty drunk so you know they'd be scrambling and not having any clue what was going on and it was fun what kills me is i'm in an auction league too so why does it matter if i if if joe blow is keeping andrew luck and antonio brown if i'm in an auction league in a serpentine league i get it maybe maybe i'd want a few days in advance a little bit but really i mean do i need somebody to tell me they're keeping andrew luck and antonio brown other than i can look at his roster and go gee i wonder which two players he's gonna keep I mean, I mean, does it really take a brain surgeon to realize that? Yeah. No, I, and we know who's going to be kept for probably nine of the teams, and then even for the other three, you can make a pretty educated guess. But, yeah, I I, I, I don't like that. But it is what it is. But he's going to make his case on Thursday to try to get it where he can just bring extra, bring extra food or 
Um, oh, no, 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 no. That, that, at least you got to give him some kind of physical punishment if you're not going to punish him by his team. Go by. I mean, and and he, if you need some good ideas, give me a call. I've got a sick mind. He said he'd be okay with a seven-round pick. He thinks six is too high. But, again, six in a keeper league, it might as well be eight. Seventh would be ninth. I, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what ends up happening. I'll keep you all updated. I appreciate some of the texts that have come in uh, for what should happen to him for, for trying to ruin the integrity of our very nice and well-kept league. Uh, we're going to head to a commercial break. We come back. We need to talk offensive line for UK. We're going to have to squeeze that in. Uh, there's some also some, some other weekend guys to things. squeeze in. We're going we're gonna to we're gonna try to get to. Stick around, 1450 The Sports Buzz. It's Fantasy Football Week on the show. We'll be right back. Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. Deep down in Louisiana, close to New Orleans, way back up in the woods among the evergreens, there stood a log cabin made of earth and wood, where lived a country boy named Johnny B. Good, who never ever learned to read or write so well, but he could play a guitar just like a ring in a bell. Go, go. Go, Johnny, go, go. Go. We're back, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Having more people text and tweet into the show about what to do about this fantasy football scandal. Uh, we had our long-lost buddy Yates say that he, every pick uh, in every round, he should get the last pick. So in every round, he should get the last pick. That would really hurt his team. I, I like uh, Yates saying he should donate $100 to go uh, on top of the uh, normal funds. And that, that was another suggestion from Yates is that he should, the $100 that he was using to try to bribe me to throw a game should just go to the to the champions game, to the championship game where they get an extra 100 bucks. I'd be okay with that. Basically make his entry fee an extra $100 to, to get in and uh, he doesn't lose a draft pick, nothing like that. Let bygones be bygones and move on and that sends a good message to the league. Uh, we had uh, Derek text into the show and say, he should be kicked out of the league because if you don't do anything or you don't do anything too severe, you're going to have other people try to do this sort of thing, which uh, that's, you know, a slap on the wrist. I don't think I'd be showing enough authority there, Trevor. Yeah, but again, like I said, this, this leads us to like a plot line from Minority Report or something. I mean, do we do we know that, you know, you can't predict he's going to commit a crime even though he suggested it. You don't know if he was actually going to go through with it. I mean, I can, like I said, I can sit there and tell Nick Coffey's walking in there, you know what, I think I'm going to go steal that car down the street. doesn't mean I'm actually going to do it. And I can't be punished for a Grand Theft Auto if I don't actually steal it. Well, maybe this will send a message to the league that you, you don't joke around about cheating in our, our fantasy league. You yeah. know, whether or not he, if he wants to play the card that he wasn't going to actually do it, then this would also send a message that, hey, uh, then don't joke about it going forward. Yeah, but I get, I get, you, can't, you can't be proven without complete evidence that's uh, again and he can he can deny he wasn't going to actually i mean we all say joking i mean there's the times in drafts where you know somebody will say hey i'll i'll give you something you know if you give me this this player in a trade and you know i've teased with guys before and during a trade talks during a season where i say you know hey i'll throw you i'll throw you you know some i mean i'll I'll throw you 50 bucks on top of that if you make this trade well you shouldn't do that you shouldn't do that i'm just joking he's not going to take the trade he's not going to do it i'm not going to do it you know, unless it's actually done, you can't you can't actually punish somebody that severely. I don't think. But I, as I mentioned, I would make it clear that you know 
the, the if it was actually done and proven to be done, then then yes, there there is this is this isn't you know the NCAA of 2014. This is 1988, and there's a death penalty for you, SMU. Well, you know what nobody's saying is that who cares. I know you're saying that. Oh, of course, no one doesn't. It care. shouldn't it shouldn't be a severe punishment, but nobody has texted in and said, okay, this is this is nothing. The fact that you all are even debating it is stupid. Uh, so that 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 makes I think the league that thinks that something should happen. I don't think it should. He shouldn't lose a keeper, or get the last pick in every round, because that would severely cripple his team. Losing a six round pick ultimately is nothing. That's nope. losing a that's losing a bench player that you were hoping maybe could turn into something, but likely know that he's just going to be a guy you're going to use when other guys are on bus. No one's going to say, oh no, yeah, not one person out there I agree is going to say no. Let him let him slide. It's a steel quote in uh, the Longest Yard remake uh, from Caretaker slash Chris Rock's character when meeting uh, Adam Sandler. We've got murderers in there. We've got people that have committed heinous crimes, and you are the most hated man in here for shaving points in a football game. That's just un-American. <laughs> well, we uh, let, let's get into the offensive line. If we don't do it today, we're never going to do it, so we might as well get on with it. Oh, and... can, can we can we can we hesitate another second? Because I forgot to bring up the uh, the audio clip. Audio clip. <laughs> you don't have the audio clip. I forgot to send it to the. I forgot to load it up. <laughs> well, the offensive line is, is is the good news is we're not going to spend ten minutes talking about it today. We're going to spend five minutes talking about it, but it is short and and sweet. And and Stoops is talking to the media right now. It's the defensive day of practice, so you'll get quotes from defensive players at, at catillustrated.com and defensive coordinator DJ Elliott along with Mark Stoops talking about what uh, who has stood out on the defense, and they're saying the cornerbacks have some of the young ones, specifically Chris Westry, Derek Beatty, are two of them. I wrote about the defensive backs last week at Media Day, so you can you can check that out at catsillustrated.com. Let's get into the offensive line. Go, Trevor, go. <laughs> Don't blame me. Blame the internet for not moving it a little quicker. Ah, here we go. This arm, ready to throw about 2,000 yards next fall. Deep right sideline, got a man. 25, 20, we got a touchdown, Kentucky. Garrett Johnson. And let me tell you what, you're looking good. Floats it up the far sideline. Catch made, Javis Blue across the 45, gets the block, touch left at the 50. Look out, he's across the 30, he's across the 20, he's across the 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. 13 starters coming back, 22 Letterman. Kemp straight ahead, touchdown, Kentucky. Looking tough. His squad is in the house. Steps up in the pocket, slides right at the 10, sacked! Zadarius Smith. Let's open up the whole can of kick ass and kill them all. Let the paramedics sort them out. Thomas throws far side, intercepted! Uh Uh-oh. Down the far sideline, it's Marcus McWilson. Pick six, touchdown Kentucky. All right, we don't have much time to talk offensive line today, but it's short and simple, Trevor. They're returning pretty much everybody. It is, they've got guys all across the board that have started a lot of games. You've got where, where you've got, Jordan Swindell, who started 24 games. Zach West, 30 games. John Toth, 23 games. Ramsey Meyer, 12 games. And then even a handful of other guys that have started games. So this is something that we've talked about a lot on the show, not just with UK football, but even throughout the past months. And it goes with basketball as well. 
Just because you're returning players isn't necessarily always a good thing. If you're returning bad players, then I don't think you should get all that excited about it. Now, here's the thing. I don't think UK's offensive line was terrible last year, but it was not good. So they need to take a step in the right direction. They do have a young guy in George Asafo-Agi that, that Derek Terry had mentioned earlier that UK is very, very high on. He's going to play as a true freshman. So they just have to be better. Plain and simple, they have to be better. Uh, they gave up way too many sacks last year. They made life difficult on Patrick Tolles. I think eventually, Trevor, they got into Patrick Tolles' mind where he felt, okay, I'm not going to have a lot of time, and that led to him having to run more. So fact of the matter is they're returning a lot of guys. They're going to be more experienced. They're going to be a little bit better because just naturally they're going to be a little bit better. But can they be good enough to not be a weakness on this Kentucky team? You, to be a positive note, uh, not to be the negative Nancy that I normally can be, you, you hope that just the one year of experience with a lot of people, you mentioned Jordan Swindle coming back at the tackle, uh, the guy um, Asifo Ajay, I think, did I pronounce his name correctly? Yep, you did. I, I've seen his name on numerous places of being a guy that can that not only will play right away, but maybe even can, can multiply play both sides of the tackle position and maybe take some time away from a guy like a Meadows or something like that. Or he, I don't know how much of a guard position he can play at 6'5", 325. He could probably play at the guard if he's if he knows how to do it. He's got the right size to be anywhere on that offensive line, from 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 right to left. But you, you've got to just hope that the experience coming back is an improvement for the, for guys like Swindle, for guys like Haynes, for guys like Toss, who I know was was kind of uh, penciled in as is kind of a breakthrough guy. And not to mention one worry note though to that is you do have a new offensive scheme. I mean you're. You're talking about guys that are not going into the same scheme that coming back. There's a different possible scheme, which is when offensive linemen, you probably say, well, you know, they don't have to learn a whole lot. They're offensive linemen. It's not as easy as it does seem. Especially somebody that played offensive line at some point in time. I mean, there's it's more, it's a lot there's more complicated than it does seem. It's not just I'll push the guy out of the way or stop a guy from pass rushing. There are techniques, there are there are ways to do things, especially in a different offense. And if you're going to be a pass team, I mean, most offensive linemen want a running game. If you play offensive line, I know you're too small to ever play on the offensive line, but if you're an offensive lineman, you want to run the ball. You don't want to pass the ball. When you're passing the ball, you're getting back and you're accepting the blow from the defensive end. When you're running it, you're initiating that blow. You want an offense that's going to run the ball a little more and can be able to at least, especially when you're talking about guys like Swindler, 6'7", 300 pounds, or guys that are 310 like Toss, or 300 like maybe Myers, a possible redshirt freshman they could play a guard or or Haynes, a sophomore that's 308 pounds. I mean, you're that size. You don't want to sit back and take the blow 75% of the time in a pass in a pass blocking position. You want to be able to initiate that block, and they've got to show that they can do that a little more because last year the offensive line in terms of run blocking was a little less than spectacular, and you hope that that will improve with adding muscle, strength, and a year of experience. And that makes – that makes sense, and and I understand it. Despite me, as you point out, never playing offensive line, but maybe you didn't uh, pee with football. I don't know flag football, I, possibly. I, I I never I never played offensive line, uh, but I don't think that they have to be unbelievable. I I think that they can be just okay to average, and UK's offense can still be good. Now, obviously, you look at teams in the NFL and in college. Some of the best teams are some of the ones that have the best offensive line. Kentucky's not going to be a national title contender this year, and I think we know that, but they have to be able to give Patrick Tolles enough time to throw, and they also have to be able to op open up some running lanes, not against the bad teams, but also against some SEC teams. So, I, And I'm not saying they have to do it every time, but they have to be average. 
And if they're average, then the rest of the offense, I think their strengths at the quarterback and wide receiver and running back position, that can shine as long as they're given some time. And that might sound obvious, that might sound blunt, but if but it's true. And they were they were not at they were probably a little below average last year. So if they can improve, if, if experience can help them, an extra year can help them. Uh, they they kind of understand the game better. They understand what they need to do. It is a relatively new coaching staff still. It's uh, this is going on year three, so you can't you can't necessarily use the excuse we're still learning. But uh, everything should be learned this year. So if they can just be average, I think Kentucky's offense can can succeed. And with that, we're we're finished with the offense. Wait, That's wait, it. Where is it the bar high on there for the line? Just be average, yeah, guys. Just be I, average I, right. Joes. You know, I'm, I'm being I'm being honest, and I'm being I, I. If they can just be a normal offensive line, middle of the pack, middle of the pack in the country, middle of the pack in the SEC, maybe lower end, then they'll be fine. So that's it with the offensive preview. We're gonna we're gonna head over to special teams and defense. So we're out of time on today's show. Thanks for Derek Terry for coming on and all the input on your fantasy advice. We'll be back tomorrow, fourteen fifty, the Sports Bus. See you then. Take the Jordan boy, show him how Kentucky do. Oak Creek's classics, paint Kentucky blue. They say don't forget to seven, no be hitting two. Song call it blue, grass, song call it purple. I'ma call it home, take a shot of Tron. Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome. Ride from the bill to be G in my zone. Let me hear you say high time, sitting by the river. Got my old shotgun, fishing pole in my liquor. Cause people always trying to tell me how to run my life when they say I'm going wrong and I swear I'm doing right. Oh.